the Big Church Podcast. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Are we good? All right, good. How many have enjoyed this series, Growing Deeper? It's been, it's been really, really good. You know, I started out by talking about how we just need to grow up. That's what my wife tells me all the time. You're such a child. You just need to grow up. Uh, the next, we talked about going deeper in the Word, and, and Ashley brought a fire message about worship. And um, the prayer panel, who enjoyed the prayer panel last week? It was so good having Pastor Tim here and uh, also Trey, his young wisdom in prayer. We just thank them so much for being here. And uh, really having Pastor Tim, he stayed for like an hour and a half after church praying with people. And people were telling me it's really, really encouraging. But um, going deeper, I'm gonna, we're going to go on a little bit more right now. We're going to talk about going deeper in church attendance. Oh, I got three amens there, didn't I? And listen, I understand there's people that are still at risk and, and they're watching online, high online people. Uh, we we want to welcome you here too. Uh, we, for some reason, you can't be here in person. We want you to faithfully watch us online and go back and watch it during the week. But I want to talk to you a little bit today about church, uh, church and what it means to be a Christian in your church attendance. Before COVID started, uh, we were running about four to 450 uh, people. We were having two services. It was just things were kind of on the upswing. Things were going really good. But since COVID happened, I just want to read you some statistics first. From 1937 to 1970, over 76% of Christians attended church. From 70 to 99, close to 68%. But since 1999 to the present, only 52%, only 52% of professing Christians attend church regularly. In 2019, pre-COVID, listen to this, this is before COVID, 4,700 churches closed in that year. Since, this is a little sobering, but I want us to understand how important this is. A little over, since COVID, a little over one in four people regularly attend church now. 57% have no church home, and thousands upon thousands of churches have been closing since 2020. 53% stream their regular church online, and 34%, listen, they admit to church hopping online. They're not even watching their regular church, they're watching multiple other churches. But So I'm going to ask you to be faithful to watch our service every single week. You can still watch Stephen Furtick, you can still watch them, because I like to watch all of them myself. But let's not be church hoppers online. And I've heard people say this, and if you grew up in church, you've heard it. You really don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I used to hear, hear people say, well, my church is in nature. I get just as much Jesus out of, of, up in my deer stand than I can get in church. That's the kind of the mentality that we're running into. I get that. So a popular Christian catchphrase is, you don't go to church, you are the church. That is good. In some ways, I get it, but it can be unhealthy pitting being the church and going to church against each other. The church is not a building. Wow. Y'all awake this morning? The church is not a building. The church is not a denomination. Church is, it's not a place. It's something that's, in reality, it is us. We carry the church with us. But in the Greek, you're going to get some Greek here. The Greek uh, for the church is called ekklesia. And it's called the gathering of the ones who are summoned. It's called an assembly. It's called a congregation. It's called a called out group. 
The church, by its very nature, is multiple believers. You want to believe me? Here we go. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three, it doesn't say in your deer stand. It doesn't say at the beach. It says where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Why is church important, and how can you go deeper in church? First of all, you have to recognize, number one, it's the bride of Christ. The Bible goes on to call the church the bride of Christ. Jesus is preparing a ceremony to marry the bride. One of these days, the church, the body, us, is going to be married to Jesus. That sounds weird, right? Revelations 19.7 says this. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Until then, until that happens, we are to be faithful and we are to be ready to join Jesus in the church gathering. He is waiting for the bride to get ready. You know when brides get ready, y'all know, y'all been to a, a wedding, right? They got the makeup, they got the dress. Uh, y'all don't remember that day? Everything's just got to be perfect. And what we do on that day is we treat the bride special, don't we? We, we're, 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 she is adorned with the best dress and the finest makeup. And what happens, though, after that if you start treating the bride worse from that day? So many times we treat that day with such special things, but then once we get over, it's like your salvation. When you first got saved, man, you were on fire with that thing. You were ready to go. You were, you were telling everybody about who Jesus was. But as it goes a little farther down the line, you let the bride kind of slip away just a little bit. You can't neglect your bride only spending certain amounts of time. Listen, husbands, you can't spend just 10 minutes. You can't spend an hour a week with your bride. Oh, man, you are a tough crowd this morning. If you neglect your bride before too long, you'll neglect a lot of other things in your life. And I think right now we've got to get to, if the church is considered his bride and it's important to him, it should be important to us. Ephesians 5.27 says that he may present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, any such thing, that she should be holy and without blemish. Jesus didn't come to establish religion. He came to establish a relationship. It's not a denomination. Denominations were formed by people who couldn't get along. I remember I was preaching one night in a church, and I, and I got a little wound up. You know how I get sometimes. And I, We have a preaching team that keeps me filtered a little bit, and I said something about it, too. And I said, and denominations are from the devil. Wow, that was the best preacher voice you got. And I remember that the preacher's wife was in the back, and all of a sudden she went, what did he just say? I said, let me just tell you what happened when we formed denominations. We formed people that could not get along. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. There's nothing wrong with a, a Baptist or a Protestant or a, or a Pentecostal or a Charismatic, but when it becomes down to the point where we have to put that over everything else in our life, that's when it's wrong. The church is a relationship. Where can you best cultivate your relationship? Right here in the body. How do you go deeper going to church? Number two, I have seven points today. We're getting out of here before three. We have to be obedient. Ooh, crickets. I'm taking a drink on that one. We have to be obedient. God's word 
instructs us to go deeper. We have to be involved in the local church. Hebrews 10, 25 says, not forsaking the assemblance of ourselves together as in the matter of some, but exhorting one another. We need each other and so much more as we see the day approaching. The Bible talks about togetherness a lot. It says we're put together, we're joined together, we're members together, we're joint heirs together, we're held up together and we're caught up together. So if it would say all those things about being together, he wants us to be actively involved in our church family. Ephesians 4, 16 says, for whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which each part does its share, does its share, causes growth of the body for edification in itself in love. Are we church members or are we members of the body? You're going through cultured, we want you to get to know more about who we are and what we are and what we believe in, but God does not look for spectators, he looks for participators. He's not looking for someone to come in and just punch the clock like you do every day at your job, or if you, maybe you don't. Um, maybe, maybe you punch the, oh, I ain't even going, that's another, another. But he's not looking for spectators, he's looking for participators. If you're just checking your little box off every Sunday you go to, that's not really the heart that God wants right there. God never intended us to be spectators at church and come to get our, get our Sunday uh, performance. Sometimes we come in here, we're just looking for what can, what can God do for me? What can, what can I do for this? Sometimes I think we just need to change the way that we look when we walk in the door. He designed his church to be a place for people to participate and utilize the gifts that you have in you. Each one of you all out there are called to do something. You might not be called to hold a microphone in your hand. You might not be called to do this, but you're called to do something. And he has a special plan and design for you. Church is for a community. You got to do your part. You got to help us out. It's not what you can get. It's what you can contribute. You know, the Bible says that, that you can mourn with those that are mourning. You can rejoice with those that are celebrating. You can speak life into someone who may need to hear that from you. You know what? The best way we can do that is sitting side by side with each other. The best way we can do that is knowing that we're going through life. Come hell or high water, we're in this thing together. Why does having a church family help you get deeper? Here's a big one. It limits selfishness. Coming together is a powerful witness. When you have all races and, and backgrounds and social statuses together, it keeps you from being self-centered. We live in a very self-centered world, right? It's all about me. It's what can you do for me? What church helps you do? It's a classroom for getting along. Can't we all just get along? That was not my best Chris Rock. <laughs> Can't we all just get along? You know, it helps us to be in contact with imperfect people. Look to your neighbor right now. You sitting next to somebody imperfect. Look to your other neighbor. You're sitting somebody next to who's trying to be perfect. <laughs> Husbands, love your wife. <laughs> Life can be messy. You're sitting next to ordinary, simple people. You're learning how to have fellowship with imperfect people. The disciples, even though they followed Jesus for three years, was not perfect. It can be messy when you step into other people's lives because we're not perfect. 
Overcoming this and doing this requires effort, intentionality, and grace from God. Doing life together involves having grace for each other. Think about how much grace God has given you. And think of how much grace you give others. Sometimes we're not very nice. Sometimes we, oh, here's a good one. You forget where you used to be when you're pointing the finger at someone else. Oh, my goodness. Help, help a brother out this morning. It can teach us to be more caring. It can teach us to be more patient. We can learn from each other. How does church going get you deeper? Number four, it identifies us. Is the word Christian just a word? Or does it identify who you are? In the Bible, 164 times it says, in Christ. A Christian means this. It means you are in Christ. That means that you are to be Christ-like. Uh, my wife used to say this all the time. You're supposed to love me like Christ loves the church. And I'd always say, I ain't Jesus. And she said, that ain't no excuse. But if you're in Christ, it gives you identity. It gives you to be a genuine, true believer. It makes you say that you are committed. Jesus, in this illustration, says this, that there's no handouts. Listen to Luke 14, 28. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? This Christian walk, and we've said it a few weeks ago, it's going to cost you something. You talk about committed, the disciples, Jesus walked up in their space and they dropped their nets right there. They left their families. They followed Jesus from that point in time on and we have a hard time giving an hour to church every Sunday. Although, listen to me, the gift of life, eternal life in John three sixteen, it's to anyone who asks. But it's going to require a transfer of ownership. It's going to cost you something. You can't just simply follow your own likes and your own desires. You can't follow him and you can't follow the world. Wow, this is old, old time Pentecostal preaching up in here. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there's many that are going to find that way. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way. It's going to cost you something which leads to life. And there are few that find it. Casually following Jesus means you won't follow him when times get tough. When you're just casually doing something, when, when, when all hell breaks loose in your life, most people run away from church. Come on, you all know what I'm talking about. They run far away from the church doors. And let me just tell you again, it's not about this building because when we sang that song, when he walks into this room, everything changes. Everything's changed for me right there on that front row. Everything can change for you when he walks into the room. There's something about being in this place. Follow him and it's going to cost you some relationships, some material things, your own dreams, and even your own life. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. That's Old Testament, Pastor. Old Testament is still relevant today. Oh, wow. Here we go. I, I, you, ever, you ever think about the, the businesses that close on Sunday? 
Chick Chick-fil-A, you go. Everybody knows Chick-fil-A. Have you ever noticed that I'm not a huge Chick-fil-A fan? They're, they're, it's good. It's, it's good. Yeah, y'all sacrilegious. I've heard say Chick-fil-A is live. No shoes, please. please. But I, but isn't you ever notice that you want Chick-fil-A on Sunday? And you pass by and you go, man, I'm going to get, there's no lie. Well, it's Sunday. Dang it. I really wanted some nuggets today. But I really want to commend these businesses that do still stand on godly and biblical principles. That's few and far between right now. Church attendance helps you set aside time for God. We struggle making it here an hour and six minutes. Crickets. We struggle. I grew up in church. We went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night prayer, Wednesday night something was at church, and Friday night with youth meeting, and sometimes they had Saturday night prayer meetings. I got drugged. I had a drug problem. They drugged me to church every other day. I stole that one. But let me just tell you, do you know why other countries are celebrating? Do you know why? They value this gathering because in some other countries, they don't get this vow. They don't get this. You should, you should honor that by knowing that you have the opportunity to come and worship God freely. We may not get that right in a few more years. So I'm just trying to get you to know, take full advantage of the way we can do it. That's why it's so precious to them. We say, oh, busy Sunday. I'm just, I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. Here's how culture has changed. Even a few years ago, they didn't start like baseball practice. And I'm, yeah, I'm going to go deep here in just a minute. They didn't start baseball practice till 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, tournaments start Sunday morning. Uh, I remember the church. I remember when I went to church, when I was growing up, you didn't do anything on Sunday. You didn't do anything. Can I, can I just say that? You didn't do anything on Sunday because you came home from church from Sunday morning. Go change your clothes, but you better not get your clothes dirty because church is at 6 o'clock, and you better be in the car. I can remember feeling a certain way about, uh, about kids that could go play baseball and go do all of the things. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying up here being all religious. I'm not saying that you can't do anything enjoyable on Sunday. But what I'm saying is there used to be a godly reverence for the Sabbath day. But current culture right now, just it makes it easy to get involved in everything else. And, and so many activities lead towards something besides attending church. It's become easy because there's podcasts, there's YouTube, there's recorded services online. There's a lot of things that are good. But there's nothing like being in the house. Christians must make church attendance a priority. They got to put it ahead of some other things. How many habits do you have, good or bad? Oh, all y'all are lying in here. Going to church on Sunday should be a good habit. Let me just tell you what it did for me. Even though I had a bad attitude sometimes, I remember, I remember one, one day I told my mom I wasn't going to church, and she, she pulled off that high heel like a boomerang. It didn't go back to her, I can tell you. It hit me right in the head. But I had a bad attitude. But let me just tell you something, what it did to me. It formed something in me from a child. 
I remember the Bible stories when I got drugged to church. I remember the times when, when I saw people praying. I remember all those things when I got old. And sometimes if you make that a priority, you can have, you can form good habits in your life. God, church attendance helps you set aside time for God. What am I missing if I'm not gathering? How does it help? Number five, it helps you to understand and connect to God through his people. Community is what we were meant to be in. Genesis 2.18 says, and, God, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. A helper comparable to him. He gave us our wives. He gave us people to be around us. We were meant to be in community, even back in the Old Testament. Yes, I said Old Testament. There was a temple, and that was where God's spirit dwelled. When Jesus came, the Holy Spirit, he left the Holy Spirit. He could be anywhere. When there is something about being in church and being around godly community, when nothing else makes sense, and we know how life can be, coming together in worship allows you to put your guard down. It allows you to tear down the walls. It lets you know that you are not alone. God sometimes uses other people's testimony to get you to where you need to be. Listen, if you're having a bad week, somebody sitting next to you is having a good week, and vice versa. We need to be, we need to be there for each other. When you hear someone else's testimony, it might just give you encouragement to say, I can make it through this. If you did that, I know I can do that. Here, let me tell you, it's a place where you can receive prayer. You can have somebody fight battles with you, not against you. Going deeper, number six, it encourages. What a season we've been through over the last couple of years, right? But our slogan here is, we're better together. Going deeper draws us closer to community. Small groups, listen, church is good for Sunday, but there's also small groups and crews that are going on right now. It can be messy when you step into someone else's life, and, and I say this all the time, and, and we're, we're about to do something for the men coming up here in September, we're gonna announce it next week, but you can throw a cake out in the middle of a table and 42 women will be crying. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But sometimes we need those times. You know, the guys, I can, throw, I can throw chicken wings out there and we might not get a tear. But we need those times to be together. We need those times to be living in someone else's mind. We all long for community and connection. God has given us the, right, the gift of small groups and gathering to what? It fulfills something inside of us. When you're doing life with someone else, when you're hearing about their struggles or their victories, it encourages you to be an encouragement to someone else. Also, it makes you be authentic too, or it should be. It helps you to be able to learn to pray for others. Meetings are not just something churches do. A meeting is what a church is. God has saved us as individuals to be a corporate assembly. Going to church, number seven, it keeps you rooted and planted. Psalms 92, 13 says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, listen, shall flourish in the courts of God. And they shall bear fruit in old age, and they shall be fresh, and they shall be flourishing. We're always looking for the next best thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We're always looking for the next best thing. We're, we're wanting to see, you know, 
what's going on over here or what's going on over there. But the Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. We can't put our faith in people. We can't put our faith in pastors. We can't put our faith in another church. You have to start putting our faith in God. We gotta quit hopping around. Let me just tell you, I grew up, and I said this in the preaching meeting, I grew up, and I remember a windstorm would come, and, the, and it would just knock all the corn down. Y'all know, anybody in here know anything about corn socks? And all two of you, that's awesome. Andrew lives in children of the corn out there, I'm telling you. You go to, you go to his house, and I mean, literally, you're driving through thousands of miles of cornfields. But if you've seen a corn stalk, it, it, when, it, when the wind comes through, it just lays it over. And you have to take that corn, you have to kind of lean, lean it back up, and then you have to just tamp on the, the roots just a little bit to get it to go down there. We don't need to be cornstalk Christians. We need to be deep-rooted trees. You know, they got palm trees. Hi, baby, I know you're watching. Palm trees in Florida. What the palm tree does, it bends when the winds come. That's what we gotta be. We gotta be able to bend not break when the winds come. You need to be like that oak tree. I remember uh, growing up, there was one up on our hills, like 250 years old. You have to be deep-rooted, and you have to spread your roots out. You know why? Because difficult times are coming. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to scare you, but there's difficult times that are, gonna, that are coming to America, and if, we are, if, we're bending, if we're breaking instead of bending, and we don't have our roots down tight enough, I don't know what's gonna happen to us. The church should be at best when the world is at its worst. We are the hope of the world. I'm looking at the hope of the world right out here. And it ain't just here. There are a lot of great churches all across America right now who are serving God and doing what they need to do. But I'm telling you one thing right now. It's going to start with us taking what we get in here out there. If you only get it in here and you never talk about it on your workplace, you never talk about it anywhere else, then it's doing no good. y'all would stand with me please maybe maybe people have let you down maybe the church has let you down I'll just let you know there are no perfect people and there is not a perfect church if you're visiting here for the first time today if you're watching online for the first time we are not perfect people in this place Maybe church has let you down. Maybe you felt judged. And maybe you've just said, peace out to church. I can, I can watch it on TV or I can do whatever I need to. I can listen to a podcast. I can get a conference going. Even though these are helpful things, it's so, so, so much more than that. It's community. It's worshiping. It's praying. It's lifting someone up. It's helping those that are hurting and being involved in each other's life. Listen, the Spirit can move anywhere. The Holy Ghost is everywhere. When Jesus walks into the room, something changes. He walked into the room. He's in the room right now, but when he walked into, man, I felt his presence so strongly when I was standing there when they were singing that song. There's something about being in the house that can change everything. This morning, I'm gonna ask you, have you ever joined the church? 
And I'm not asking you about culture. I'm not asking you about a membership card. I'm asking you to join the church by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you want to get membership into that church, let me just tell you how easy it is. If you would, just everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. First, you just admit that you're a sinner. Say, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Then you admit and ask for forgiveness. God, I'm sorry. Come into my life, make me new. I wanna be married to you, Jesus. It's as simple as that. And if you pray the prayer, the Bible says, if you pray the prayer believing in your heart, you can be saved. Maybe you've walked away. Maybe you're watching online today and you kind of walked away from church and, or it's become easy to stay home. Let me just tell you this. Coming back is that easy too because that's the kind of God we serve. Aren't you glad we don't serve a God who give up on you the first time or the second time or the third or the umpteenth hundredth time? Thank you, Jesus. We serve a God whose grace is sufficient for all of us. I'm just telling you this morning, God wants to do something big in our lives. And over these last several weeks, we've went deeper in a lot of areas. Let's make church a priority. Let's make this gathering a priority to him. And listen, take in full advantage of what you have here. And listen, I'm not sitting here talking up big church this morning. I'm talking about the prayer teams that are here, the people that want to fight for you. Take advantage of that. And I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to come and pray here in just a moment. But I'm also going to ask you, if you feel more comfortable staying after for a couple minutes, I'm sure our prayer team would like to pray with you. Somebody said that to me the other day. They said, maybe people just don't feel comfortable coming up like during the time when everybody's watching. Well, I'm going to ask the prayer team just to stay up here after service is dismissed. And if you need prayer, just for a few minutes. So as they get ready to sing this song, if you need prayer, if you need anything, or if you just want to come up here and stand in unity as a church body saying, hey, we're going to fight for each other. We're going to do this thing together because we are better together. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.